0: and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities, a world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference.
1: My goal is to help the environment.
0: Someday, I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life.
1: I can go back to college. I can change careers.
0: I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of The American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner.
2: Hello there, and welcome to the Gina Gardner and Friends show. And today I have a lady who has over 25 years experience in Um, show business, started off as a dancer, has become a TV producer and creator of the most amazing programme, which is called Miracles Around You. It's hosted by Nathan Osmond, who's part of the Osmond family. So without more ado, I'd like to introduce you to Christina Morsi. Christina, a huge welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Gina. I'm so happy to be on your show. I love it. I think it's wonderful. And I'm really excited to be here and talk to you.
2: That's brilliant. Let's start off by talking about your story, your 25 years in show business. How did it (laughs) begin and what did it involve?
1: (laughs) Well, um, what it involved was, well, since my mother started taking me to ballet classes when I was a very small child. I love dancing and I started even in high school doing competitions with Baldwin Ballet, which is Adagio or Potadu. Um I got a, a cable TV show for about a year, which was had to do with all things dance, um, whether it was ballet or ethnic or dance shoes or makeup or anything to do with dance, um, I had that show. Um, and then when I was around in my third year in school, Um, And I had been going to New York on and off to, uh, you know, learn more about dancing and things where New York City is basically the center of, you know, culture and dance a lot in the United States. So um, someone there uh, came in and watched me dance in Michigan, and they invited me to join their dance troupe in New York City, but I'd have to go live there. So I left everything in in Michigan, and I went to New York to join the dance troupe and, you know, fulfill the... Dream of my heart, which was to be a dancer, which I never really considered a real profession. I was in psychology, learning psychology, but but then when, when it actually came to pass where someone asked me and I could do it, I was like thrilled beyond words. And even though everyone said, "Well, what are you going to do when you grow up?" You know, I was like, "I'll find something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I just I just sort of like had to dance. I just had to do it, and I love it so much. And I did get involved in." some film and tv early on while I was dancing and started creating you know some ideas for shows and things and doing research and all that kind of thing um while I was you know even dancing so it was all kind of mushed together I had a wonderful experiences there yeah I danced at Lincoln Center, Carnegie Hall, Town Hall, City Center, all the major dance concert theaters so my profession was excelled because I was in. I had the opportunity because I was in New York City. So yeah, that. What
2: I mean, an they, amazing, uh, what an amazing chance that was. That you know, yeah. just think if you had decided to uh, to stay at Michigan and stay at the university um, studying psychology, life would have been very different.
1: Yeah, it would, and you know, and I always thought, you know, well, gee, well, how am I going to learn really wonderful, amazing things or help people or do anything if I don't do that, you know, but the, uh, the most miraculous thing happened from dancing. And, and what it was is that actually there was a girl there that was in my classes very regularly, who memorized things in a, in a snap of a finger. Now, Nope. Everybody in dance and, and, you know, a lot of professions have to have a good memory. And dancers have good memories. You have to, to follow choreography and to do everything, you know, actors, singers. Well, this girl just for some reason was able to just memorize in an instant. So I stood by her for a, a couple of months and then I figured out what she was doing was she was taking pictures of lines and forms in her mind as soon as the instructor did those pictures. I mean, those, those movements, those choreograph- choreography movements, she was like snapshotting in her mind. And that's why she didn't have to think twice. She just took pictures. And she that's how she had this memory is the photographic memory. Well, I, I figured out how she did it, and I did it, and I got it. And it lasted throughout my dance career and up until a few years after my dance career. So I read Like a Fiend. I, I mean, my, my apartment looked like a... a they, they called it the second New York city library had high ceilings, <laughs> and I just had thousands of books. i read everything voraciously. I hadn't uh, someone who actually sponsored me. So I got to learn a lot about a lot of subjects that I really liked, even though I studied a lot about psychology and other things, but I, I wasn't like, I didn't need to get a, you know, a PhD in anything or anything like that, but I at least didn't get to, do, you know, get my, that desire to learn. Um, and also some of my other You know, things that I wanted to do got fulfilled through this odd way of this thing happening through dance. Amazingly.
2: Isn't it interesting that when you're doing something that you love and you're passionate about, it's so easy then to get into flow, to find things happen easily. Whereas when you're doing something because you think you ought to do it rather than Mm. because you love it and are passionate about it, Mm. it rather feels like driving a bus
1: uphill without an engine. That's exactly right. That's exactly the way I feel about it. And that's positively the way, you know, it happens. And I think that is the way it should happen. So I think you're 100% right. Yeah, I agree with that totally.
2: You know, but many people think of a dancing career being a very uh, limited one in terms of uh, longevity, you know, mm-hmm. because your physicality is mm-hmm. required and that it's a young person's game. But, yeah. Um, you've actually been in the business a long time and you've adapted and grown and found other outlets. And I think that's a huge lesson for people who are listening is, you know, if you're living your dream and you want that uh, to continue, then it's about being flexible, not literally, um, (laughs) less literally, (laughs) metaphorically, flexible about what you do and what your approach is going to be. So I'd love you to share with us, from that point where you were dancing and mainly a dancer, how did you transition into other
1: things? Well, you know how they say America is a land of opportunity? Well, I say New York City is a land of opportunity. (laughs) Because in a way, I mean, I'm sure, you know, where you're from, you have, you know, special things going on there too. But, you know, it's a real center for culture and uh, diversity and all kinds of things that you may not find somewhere else. You know, it's kind of the people that I met there and the things, the opportunities that came along because of the people that I met there just made, had, had it so that one thing unfolded to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. I actually had... A dinner on a regular basis when the one of the most famous uh directors in the entire world actually in america certainly um uh used to come into town after he had retired working with steven spielberg and the uh, uh the kennedy marshals and lucas doing star wars and indiana jones he was retired but he came to new york um he off- i had dinner with him always his You know, when you stayed there and we talked about a a script that I have uh, worked on Um, and and where else would that happen? I met him through uh, another show I was working on because I knew about the research behind the show. And this became a primetime NBC uh, special. But uh, again, now, this show was in the can. It was done. It was an amazing show. But no one could get anywhere beyond a secretary. We would say then a secretary, an admin, um, to get to anyone like at NBC or ABC or anything like this. Well, when they met Robert Watts, this guy who I'm talking about, who I dinner with all the time, who was just old. Brilliant, fascinating person. He was a British man, by the way. Do you know the name? Robert what Watts. At all? It, well, if you look at the Indiana Jones of Star Wars series, you'll see his name right along Spielberg and Lucas is, is Kennedy and Marshall. Robert Watts, right there. He wasn't like a non you know offline. He wasn't a on the side producer. He was the main of the three producers. One of the three main producers. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Robert Watts made one phone call to NBC, one phone call. And within two weeks, um, their show was an NBC primetime special. And within two weeks after that, Charleston Heston was the host of the show. And, and that's the kind of way it works, you know, when you network and know people. And in this industry, film industry, especially it has to do, a lot to do with
2: who you, you know. You know the same there. It's yeah. what you know, but who you know, yeah, um, makes a difference. Yeah, we're going to, need to go to a short break now. But when we come yeah. back, what I'd like to do is I'd like to explore the premise of your new show. Oh, wonderful. Um, and I know it's very dear to your heart. And I think it has so much to offer. So don't go away because we're going to find out all about that show. Be back in a couple of minutes.
0: Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal. Just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The normal Maker. New from Be Normal. This item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal.
1: We've all felt left out.
0: And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back. Now, Christina, you have a show that's called Miracles Around You.
0: Hi, I'm Nathan Osmond, and I'm the host of Miracles Around You TV series. I'm also part of a musical family you might remember, the Osmonds. Burl, Tom, Alan, Wayne, Meryl, Jay, Jimmy, and don't forget Donnie and Marie. Our family's had its share of miracles. In fact, it was my grandmother, Olive Osmond, who created the Children's Miracle Network. Miracles Around You TV show focuses on one thing, real people with rich stories who created outstanding outcomes for themselves and others. It's a show about celebrities who use their status to help pass it forward, and about everyday regular people, including our own audience members, who have found ways to bring hope and inspiration to
2: the world. What started the thought around that show? What's the premise of the show?
1: Oh my gosh, Uh, there were several things and again, all this, you know, happened in New York. Um, and several things, like personally, that happened to me, like uh, several outcomes that happened. I had a kind of a, I don't know, I, I, so many things that happened. Different stories I could tell you. I'd call them, wow, that was miraculous. That was unbelievable, amazing. Like I, I was the best friend of the uh, of uh, Prince Alfred von Lichtenstein. Um She passed away, but. We were best finished for seven years because we met in a bookstore because I happened to know a book she and some guy were looking for. Um, and so that, I mean, uh, that happened. I, you know, and a lot of things came out of that. Um, uh, I met some other phenomenal people through that. Um, and uh, some, I was just, there's so many stories. Uh, what well, here's a, here a, here's a miracle story that happened uh, one of the downer times in my life and that was when i stopped dancing um because i decided i was gonna stop dancing because i broke up with my partner so you know we did a daisio, pas de deux and we had a like a troupe going on and we're starting a troupe, and but we broke up because personal things happened whatever um and uh So I didn't know how to do anything. I mean, I I could barely type. I didn't know anything. You know, what did I know but dancing? I I mean, I read research, but what could you do with all that, you know, miles of research of uh, origin myths and the kinds of things that I did were not things that I could go somewhere without a degree and say, oh, look, I I know this really well. I know theoretical physics. I know alternative healing. I know, um, you know, nothing was applicable. So I got a job. I, the first job that I, I looked at is, it was a job as a receptionist in a place in Wall Street. So I went to Wall Street, and I said, oh, um, I'm going to apply this job as a receptionist. And Kim didn't have to do anything but sit there and smile. And, you know, at the time, I was young and pretty enough so that I'll, I could just sit there and smile. So I just did. So I just sat there and smiled. So within a week um, or so, uh, one of the vice presidents came walking by, and she said, oh, my God, aren't you so-and-so? Who danced with the, well, partner, famous partner, Lincoln Center, Francois Zoni. He was a famous Adai show dancer. I said, "Yeah," and she's like, "What are you doing here?" You know, I'm like, well, <laughs> "I broke up with my partner and blah blah blah." So anyway, she got me a job with two VPs some port, someplace, and they immediately sent me to computer classes. I didn't know how to write, I mean, you know, work on a computer at all at that time. Um, and because of my photographic memory, I aced that class. They sent me to a college course. I aced that one. It was at the top of the course because of memory, uh, again, memory. So, so I got to be a paralegal, legal editor. It it this transition time? And there was a recession time in New York city. So, and I, and I was doing that part-time. Um, yet I was working on film and TV, my own projects, but I, I, I like ignored that so much that one day I walked out of this house and I said to myself, Oh my God, I, do I even have my rent this month or any money at all? Okay, I just totally, cause I'm like such a, like a flake, I don't know. I, in certain, I'm kind of like, Oh, you know, that will do this. The universe will take care of me. I've always been lucky in certain ways you might say, you know? So I walked out of the house, I went down to the mailbox and I thought, Hmm. What am I going to even have for lunch? And it was really that bad. It was like the worst time in my life. Well, because I didn't think about it. I was really still young. You know what I mean? Like, so I went to the mailbox. I opened the mailbox and there was a check for $1,500. And it was from an attorney that I worked for for a couple months. Um, he said, oh, something about taxes. And you were only there for a couple months. So here you can have this. Now this made no sense at all. Right. Like to this day, I could not figure out why this man sent me this money and why did that happen at that particular day in that time? The worst day, the best day. That was a miracle. I mean, I wasn't kind of like, I mean, really? So <laughs> I always kind of, you know, occasionally tell people that story because that was very bizarre. But um, so anyway, so I had a few, um, you know, things happen like this. I met, mostly it was meeting people. I met, met a guy who his work was at the Guggenheim. He was so phenomenal. He, he actually, um, uh, funded me, he bought books like, uh, you know, a couple hundred dollars every two weeks we would have dinner once a week. And I tell him what I read for $200 worth of books I, that he, you know, uh, supported me to, to buy because he wanted me to keep reading and telling them what he, what I read. So I, and his name was Richard Arbit, he was like a famous, uh, designer, very world-famous designer. And I met him somewhere that had to do with film that he happened to be at a seminar. Um, uh, you know what so, strikes me in all of this, though, yeah. is you
2: were, you were presented with opportunities. Yeah. But I think the difference is you took those opportunities and each opportunity uh, um, created a layer of um, preparation. I believe that miracles um, do happen. And I think that when we match opportunity with preparation and an attitude of openness Mm -hmm. and curiosity, when we are in in alignment with ourselves, then miracles are much more likely to happen. And if you think about the pattern that you've been describing, you went to college. You saw somebody was using a particular technique, and you didn't just think, "Oh, she's doing it; it's easy for her." I'm mm. struggling to remember the choreography. <laughs> um, yeah. What you did is you modelled her. Yeah, and by modelling yeah. a master, or mm-hmm. mistress, um, you are able. One is able to short circuit the system. Mm-hmm. Now, you've just talked about meeting someone. Who saw the potential in you and said, "I will buy books for you, but mm-hmm. you've got to read them and tell me all about them." Now, for yeah. many people, they'd think, "Well, I'm not going to spend my time reading books." Yeah, but you grab <laughs> the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So oh, loved it. The miracles. Anyway. Yeah, the miracle is is partly the universe gave you the opportunity but in great part because you took the opportunity and i think if you're listening to this i want you to think about how often opportunities present themselves and you say no i can't do that and why you say i can't do that is it because i might fail or i might look silly or what will people think or, well, it's too hard, or it's, it's something new and I'm not prepared to, uh, to give that a go. Yeah, But what but, Christina has done is, is demonstrated how time and time again in her life, an opportunity has come her way and she has really grabbed it by the throat and made the most of that opportunity.
1: Well, that's very wise of you to understand how that works uh, because I, I totally agree hundred percent with you. And I, I can tell you just, you know, you're in the position you're in, you're doing what you're doing because you get this kind of thing. And um, that's something that not many people get. I don't know your path of getting it, but I can, I know my path of how I got it, but it's, I think these are kind of like things, They're universal truths, and people should know about them i mean that's why i wanted to create this show because i do believe that also that kind of like when you um energize positive energy or positive things that happen whatever you focus on does energize and grow stronger and bigger and better is is kind of i call it whether well, it's the law of attraction but i call it the law of attraction with with action yes. and yeah, that, and, and, and the law of attraction is actually way older than, you know, the Rhonda Burns is the secret book. It, it started with the Upanishads. Um, that the, the Jesuit priests observed the story of how the law of mind or the law of universal intelligence or God or whatever you want to call it, the way that worked without dualism. That was before dualism came along. Um, but the the law of attraction is a parcel of the law of mind. But this is my reading, you know, I'm reading the ancient texts and things like that. But so you know, humankind kind of knew about this ideas of how you know, that what we energize uh, uh, grows, um, and and so the, so the uh, the show miracles around you is about how that happens in the most dire circumstances people overcome obstacles and they come out with happy endings or positive endings we teach the how and why these people have these positive endings and so other people can emulate that and say they well that you know wow a person from a different walk of life had something amazing happen to them and maybe if i do it this way maybe it can happen to me too and i can get inspired and get my face up maybe something um, will happen. that's like um, better than you even thought, or 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 you know, it, it, it just like something that's unexpected can happen, and it and it will show time and time again from the show that this does happen.
2: We're going to have to stop again for a, a short break. Oh sure. I'd like to carry on the conversation about how miracles or seeming miracles can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. It's about how you present yourself, your mindset, and so on. So don't go away. There's still more to come. We'll see in a couple of minutes.
1: people start something great in their 40s and 50s, getting your retirement savings on track is no different. Go to aceyourretirement.org, and in three minutes, you'll get personalized tips to help boost your retirement savings. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome
2: back. We were talking before the break about the new show that Christy is um, developing, which is miracles uh, around, uh, miracles around you. And I wonder how often you've experienced a miracle or someone you know, and you've just dismissed it. And how often you just are oblivious to the fact that there are miracles around you, because your mindset is focused on Other things, and probably on worrying about the past or anxiety about the future rather than being in the present moment. And I'd like your opinion. I believe that if you're going to experience miracles, then you have to be in the moment. If you're worrying about the past or you're focusing on the past or the future, you will miss those opportunities, they'll pass you by. What's your thought on that?
1: I think that's absolutely true. Um, one of the ways that I like to um, kind of uh, trigger this feeling of holding on to and understanding, you know, that a miracle has happened is to feel gratitude about something that I might have, like you say, I might have passed by. But you know what? Something happened and, oh, my God, I just remember it. I I asked that thing to happen or I asked that little thing to be found and there it is. I didn't expect it to be found, but there it is. Thank you, God. Thank you. That's a, mir- a miraculous, you know, as small things, They could be huge things. Um, I mean, I could start with a lot of examples, but there are small and large you know, miraculous things. But if you wait for, just have a moment of, you could say, mindfulness or whatever, acknowledge this and realize that, Hey, that was a miracle that that's and they're everywhere all the time. Every day you, you can find small and large miracles almost every day. So, so the host of Nathan Osmond, he's a nephew uh, He's stabbed a brilliant celebrity in his own right. Um, he's a great person with a big heart. He's totally aligned with the show. He's a wonderful guy. Um, he's the nephew of Donnie and Marie Osmond, who we all love. I mean, say Don, Donnie and Marie. And um we have a fabulous producers, uh, producer, uh, Stephen O'Connor from uh, BMG Group, which are also amazing. I've gone through several producers, many, in fact, several in the New York. I rejected them all. Finally found someone that I really love. That's Stephen. As far as the show goes, I've got a variety of subjects. This one guy... Uh, in living in south america it's an international show he came around the corner there was a burning building there was like 20 people around yelling oh my god oh my god there's children in that building that was a shack it was burning without a second thought he ran into the building came out and saved one of the children um the other one he couldn't save but he had 3rd degree burns all over his face and he couldn't work anymore he was a welder so so there's a gentleman who's a hero he he saved his child so we got him on, you know, Zoom and everything. We told him we wanted to do a story. And, you know, we, how can we help? Maybe, we, you know, he want to start his own business or something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, so Zakiya, his name is um, from South Africa. He is quite an amazing person. Him and his wife were on. And um, so what happened was uh, another gentleman, um, uh, Dr. Laika, who uh, produces a show in, in America, uh, with uh, Stephen also uh, was a cosmetic surgeon, and he said that he knew doctors in South Africa who were working uh, working with burn patients with a new form of laser surgery, and that they, he would introduce uh, Zikaya to uh, you know a doctor uh, in in uh, South Africa, and he did. Where can people yeah. contact you, Christina? Miracles TV. Um and uh the the BMG group and I am actually uh, contactable at uh, uh, Morsi M O R C I L I N G, the number one at yahoo.com.
2: I'm afraid that brings the, the programme to a close. I'd like to say a huge thank you, Christina, for joining me. Mm-hmm. And thank you as listeners for joining me. Uh, please contact me at Gina, G-I-N-A, at genuinely There's lots of resources on the website at the same address, genuinely youcom or ginagardenassociates.co.uk. Thanks for joining us, and I look forward to you joining me on the next show. Bye-bye
0: now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.